0: Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for goodnight?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio, with your host, Tim Banal. No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, or at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of Banal of America, the summer of strangeness. We're at the official end of summer tonight with uh, Labor Day weekend. Boy, summer's gone by fast. Um... But I think we'll I think we'll keep doing the show for like a couple more weeks, maybe just one more. I don't know. I don't have any plans for next week, so. Um, but I'll kind of make a decision. Um, you know, by Monday I might be like, all right, that's it. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> any shows for a while. But either way, we're doing a show tonight. We're going to do an awesome show. Uh, we got a couple old friends of the program back here on Banal of America. Uh, they were on last year to talk about their then-upcoming event, the Strange Realities Conference uh, 2019, which was held in uh, Nashville. And now they're back tonight to talk about uh, the sequel to that event, Strange Realities Conference 2020, which, uh, because of, uh, you know, the COVID, is going to be an online event, streaming online September 25th, 26th, and 27th. And I'm proud to say that I'll be a part of the festivities. I'll be on uh on the Friday night. So uh regular but all of America listeners won't have to adjust their schedule all that much. Uh talking about, of course, the fantastic co hosts of the podcast Normal," Adam Sane and Surfiel Stevenson. Welcome back to the show, guys.
2: Hey, hey. thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Nice to be
1: back. Happy to have you. Uh, yeah. Happy to have you guys back. I was thinking about it before I started the show, though. I was like, I should really have these guys on sometime when they're not promoting a conference, so it doesn't. <laughs> 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 just, the way it, just the way it keeps it's, it's, it's
3: happening. All, it's all good, man. Yep. Anytime now. Man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, 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 now that we're kind of podcasting on a more the funny part was it's like, yeah, we uh, I I've been doing these shows all summer and I was like, I'll just have you guys on at the end of the summer when when we're close to the event. So, it's all it's all on me on that one. Um now, it's interesting since you guys are back on the show, we can skip the the bio, the background. It's interesting thinking about it. Uh you know, it's funny. I remember talking to you guys with the first strange realities conference last year. And it was like, you were kind of just getting, this is your first event. so you were, Part of the whole deal was like that you wanted to learn how to do this. You know, you had to get all the, you yeah. had to figure out how to do everything for the first time. And it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, because I know you, the event went off. It was a great event. Um, you were kind of already like chomping at the bit to to do this year's installment and apply all of what you had learned to, to Strange what? Realities Conference 2020, and then all this shit happened, and now you had to, like, re, like learn a whole other, <laughs> pick up a whole new bag of tricks to, to present this. Um, so I guess we'll start with Sir Feel. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what the, the challenge here, that, that challenge that I just talked about, sort of like, at what point did you guys, I mean, it's kind of obvious, I don't think there's any yeah. conference that is gonna happen this year uh post like March, but like what was the thought process there and the challenges of of going online and the and the and the positives of going online with this
2: yeah I mean we just had to make the call at a certain point I'm not sure what what month exactly was that
3: Adam you think uh we we like, finally uh, made the we finally made the call late in may yeah it wasn't, so... it wasn't till later in June so we got everything together and had it uh all online and everything.
2: Yeah, we just decided to go ahead and and, uh, make the call on it because, you know, everything was just so uncertain. And um, this, you know, really did, everything that's going on, it really seems to have opened up um, a lot of people to these ideas of of streaming. You know, everyone's, like, watching streaming concerts now and all these other things. Uh, It's got me used to doing more, like, video chatting and streaming. So uh, we figured we might as well just uh, go ahead and, Either way, even if things did get better, um, you know, we didn't know what the economic impact was going to be. And we know, like, going out of right. town, especially for for a conference, is like a whole vacation you got to plan. So figure we'd, you know, see see what opportunities laid in, in doing it this way.
1: Right, right. It, yeah, that's interesting. There's two sort of school trains of thought there. There was, like, because we ran into this with Paramania Um and that was like really close to when the pandemic started, so we were like really, we had to pull the plug like right away. Uh, I think we pulled the plug on April first um, for the for like at the end of April event. And even then, there were people yeah, like yeah, I, I remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. I, I'm still like heartbroken about that. And, there, and even then, there were people like who were like, can't you just bump it to June? And it's like looking back on it now. Now, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Thank God we didn't. We would have had to cancel it again in June. So it's at some uh, point, yeah, I think, absolutely. just sort of moving the goal. It's a terrifying and sort of maddening, frustrating part about all this this year and everything. It's like you really well, can't predict anything beyond like like a week. It seems you can't really think what's going to be like next month. Who knows? Who knows what's going to be like next month? It's crazy.
3: Well, you were gonna you were gonna do it in Austin. And like we were planning on going. Yeah. We were planning on going and I remember you telling me that you pulled the plug about the April 1st. You made, you really made that decision. And, but you know, like you said, it's good because right in June, the time that we would have, or actually the time that we probably would have gone was really the time that it started spiking up in Texas.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, that was that. I could see the thinking there for you guys, where it's like, and and Sirfiel Sirfiel Ser, hit it on the head, where it's like, uh, just because I know a lot of people, like, we 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 have friends who who don't think this is a big deal, the the, the pandemic. Right. So you know, we'll we'll disagree or disagree with those people, but. You know, there are people that are like, ah, it's not, you know, it's not that bad. Or even the people who are like, oh, I think it'll be over by then. Um, you know, I think you have to take into account for an event like what you guys are putting on, and even for like Paramania, but we didn't. It wasn't like a, an event like that people bought tickets for. But either way, it's it's like it's not just the pandemic part of it. People have to pay money to go to these things, and uh, and and yeah. you know, honestly, like the tickets to the to the live event I'm sure wouldn't be as much as a plane ticket and a flight. So it's like, you know, they had to make it quite an investment. So it's not just, Oh, we're concerned about the pandemic. It's also like people don't want to spend that kind of money right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was exactly on the right. positive side.
2: Um, you know, we've, uh, it's opened up a lot of speakers that we couldn't have otherwise gotten. And it's going to give a lot of people the opportunity to, to see it who couldn't come from out of town and on the um, on the whole other side of this, the positive impact is going to be we're learning all these new skills and how to do this. So we're hoping for next year um, we can do like a hybrid thing, which is what we probably mm-hmm. should have been doing all along. So we've learned both sides of it now, and we hope to really use, you know, all these skills
3: for next year. One interesting thing about that is that the place that we did it last year, um, SAR Nashville, because of people doing streaming because of COVID and social distancing, they've actually added someone that is that can stream online for people to any whatever they want to stream to. So yeah. that's good. I mean, you got to pay that person to do that, but like they're actually now adapting. So for us if we get back into that space next year, we can definitely make that happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's uh adapted to this. I am like per usual folks, I'm I'm slow to adapt to this shit, but uh um even I've been doing these like zoom chats and video. We just did a video one for uh for Conspiranormal earlier uh in the week. So yeah, everybody's into the video thing. That was actually
3: the first Um, time. I gotta upgrade my camera and shit. Go
1: ahead. That
3: was like the first yeah, we're we also, all having to, we had actually done that on Tuesday
1: night. Yeah, well, what's all interesting to is, I said to the group, uh, it's uh, took me. Uh, it, it's a very deceiving form of media in a way uh, because, like, I was on from my computer doing the show with you guys. It looked fine, and then I then I watched it later, and it looked like like. I don't even know. It looked like I was someone put Vaseline all over the lens or something. It was like all blurry, and I kept breaking up and shit. And I'm like, it didn't look anything like this from from my computer at home while I was broadcasting. So I gotta I gotta upgrade my shit here for the event um, at the end of the month. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it a, presents it, a lot of all have to adapt. challenges. Yeah, yeah. And, but but like you were saying about the positives. Uh, you know, like my friend here, Sarah, down in Australia, she's going to be watching uh, next week uh, that weekend. I keep thinking it's next weekend, but mm-hmm. it's not last weekend in September. She's going to be watching from Australia. There's no way she could make it to Nashville from Australia. Yes, so. yes, last weekend in September. Yep, yep. And, um, and I, I presume, like, we don't have to get into necessarily, like, the real nitty-gritty of the money issue thing, but I presume then it just costs less for speakers so then you can offer a much wider array of uh you know of offerings of of, of people to present at this kind of thing right cuz you don't have to fly anybody in and put them up at a hotel or an Airbnb or anything like that right adam
3: right we don't have to do anything like do, we don't have to do anything like that this time we've got 21
2: speakers so there's That's no right. way we could have put that together uh you know i mean just the logistics, and and who they are, where they're at, all across the country, and an international guy. There's, there's no way we could put that together.
1: Yeah. So it has its, it has its, uh, it has its upsides. Now uh, we'll yes. get back into talking about the conference as we go on here, but I don't want to. I promised the listeners it wasn't going to be like a, a long infomercial for the thing. So yeah. what I was wondering, and we were talking the other night, was uh, I don't think, and this is crazy because. Uh, you know, I spent the weekend with you guys last year, or so, but it never came up. Have you either of you ever had any, uh, any of your own encounters with high strangeness? Any, any of your own paranormal experiences? Uh, Sir Phil, we'll start with you.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, well, when I was really young, uh, I'm originally from Arizona, and uh, kind of grew up in the uh, the mystic '90s. There, you know, where UFOs and ghosts and everything was all over the media. My mom had a lot of kind of weird new age friends and stuff like that. Um, I saw kind of strange, I guess what you'd call like poltergeist type activities really young. I saw, saw things like violently shaking and moving uh, objects. Um, so that was pretty weird. And um, I had pretty pretty bad uh, sleep paralysis when I was around like 10 to 13 or something like that. Had some strange experiences. Um, I think that I've been, I was touched by something in a graveyard when I was 12 in this historical cemetery outside of D.C. Wow. uh, Other than that, just weird lights in the sky. Um, Yeah. And I think I've, it may have been uh, ball lightning, but I've definitely seen like a flashing weird orb type of thing, like, uh, with another witness, uh, like just, you know, flash through a yard, um, uh, yeah. when I was a teenager. Um, after that, um, nothing too, uh, spectacular, uh, uh, as far as, uh, being totally sober and stuff, but, um, <laughs> Since I really got heavy back into like researching uh historical figures involved with the occult uh in my local area here and things like that, I did have some have had a lot of really strange synchronistic uh experiences um that kind of coincided and it happened around the research gotcha. and things that like tied into other uh times of my life around certain places and uh, so that's kind of that's been the only real strange things I've experienced uh, recently. Yeah, but it's, I've been in my own kind of chapel perilous with that.
1: You got a lot. That's a lot, though, though, for just that little. What do you think touched you in the graveyard, like a ghost? Is that kind of what you mean?
2: Yeah. So I was in sixth grade, and we were doing this like a DC thing, and I don't know the town it actually was in, but it was one of these Revolutionary War towns, and we yeah. were doing a little tour inside this graveyard and uh I was like kind of it had like this uh, this fence around it around one of the graves with like these uh you know kind of like i guess like spikes on top of the fence, you know, and I'm yeah joking around with uh my little buddy in line or whatever like like I was you know uh I was hanging over it like I was you know like impaled on the spikes or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. around, I guess that would <laughs> would be a little disrespectful, you know, and then like out of nowhere, I just felt like this weird sensation that felt like energy or something going like through my arm um, wow. and it just totally freaked me out of course it wasn't uh, uh everyone made fun of me for the rest of the trip because of it you know so it wasn't <laughs> something that I like wanted to happen you know because it like
1: right, right. made me the
2: subject of ridicule but but yeah it was that was definitely something
1: that's wild how about you Adam what do you got for paranormal experiences
3: most everything that i experienced was when i was really little um when i grew up i so like kind of just set this story up so you can kind of understand what's going on you know my dad when i was born they lived in till to the time i was about 9 years old they lived in the house that he had actually grown up in so like yeah. he rented it from my grandfather Serfiel's heard this story like a billion times. But uh, so Great. when I was about seven years old, this is the main thing that happened in that house for me. When I was about seven, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I looked over in the corner of the room, and there was like an old lady in the corner. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I can remember very specifically – like kinda of just like falling back to sleep, really, which is something that I've noticed in a lot of these kind of stories. And I there was kind of a weird dream that I had about like I was with the old lady somewhere and then there was like the sensation of like or like this image of like my grandparents' house burning down or something. It was it was just really strange. And so, you know, I was, obviously I'm seven years old. Kids forget kids can tend to like, you know, you don't forget, but you go on with your life. Right. And when I was about 14, I was in Virginia beach with my, with my mom and grandfather and my aunt. Okay. And this is my dad's sister. And my mom and her were talking about the, about that house. Okay. About some of the stuff that they experienced. And my, my aunt said, in the middle I was so and so age, I woke up in the middle of the night, I looked into your father and your uncle's room, which was later gonna be my room, and I saw this old lady in the corner. And I was like fourteen by then and I was like, Whoa, I saw that too, you know.
1: And That's wild.
3: so it was like kind of like a it was kind of like a justification that she had seen the very same thing. Uh, yeah. There was there was one other thing that I can remember pretty specifically uh, that happened to me it was like I was probably four years old maybe even five. I can remember kind of like voices over the bed, you know, like kind of speaking like this weird kind of gibberish. I remember that and not wanting to like wake up. Um, and uh, my mom had a weird experience in that house too. So I was probably about three, I'm thinking. And she woke up. This is like early, early in the morning. She woke up, she went into the kitchen, and she saw this little boy like playing on the floor. And she was kind of like, she's kind of half asleep at the time. Yeah. Like, this is how she tells it. She's kind of half asleep at the time, and she she walked up to the little boy and she was like, she thought it was me. And she said, Adam, you know, what are you doing up? And she goes and reaches for the boy and the kid like disappears right in front of her. And, uh, wow. She went into the room. She went into the, you know, my room. And of course, you know, I'm asleep, you know? So that was something that kind of, she's told that story several times and it kind of, kind of freaked her out, you know? So that was an experience that, uh, that she had, and really, since then, there really hasn't been too many other kind of weird kind of experiences that I've had. Um, so
1: was this been, was this woman in the house like? I thought you were gonna, I thought that I thought that was going to end with it like being your like your grandma or something like maybe she had passed away
0: no, before. You know, I, so so, so you
1: know, you know, none of you guys know who that lady. And apparently, if your aunt saw the woman, so what, it must have been a, a long time ago. You know, or, or you know so, longer. So it's like what that's a weird. Yeah. Situation.
3: So what's weird, okay, it's like I had a step-grandmother um, at the time, because I never knew my mother's mother, and uh, she had passed away long before I was born, and so, like, I kind of, like, I guess that in a way I kind of equated her with the, this, this, this figure with her, I guess, is kind of what yeah. I think about it now. Um, now... I did come, we did come later to find out that, like, before my grandfather bought the house in like the early 50s, that, or early to mid 50s, somewhere around there, there was an older couple that actually had lived in the house. So the house was actually, it's here in Chattanooga where I am now, and, or it's gone now, actually. There's like condos built there in a place, but it was uh, on the stretch of road that it was on, it was one of the first houses on that road. And it was probably built in, like, 19-teens or 1920s, sometime around then, wow. when, you know, <coughs> suburbia had it come out there. So it was kind of an isolated place. And apparently there was an older couple that lived in the house, and that's what we were always told. So I guess this, the assumption is that that was the old lady, I suppose. So there is some there is some cooperation to, to what we saw. But yeah. I can... Um, there's something else. My cousin, you met my cousin. I think that he said about there was like a candle burning or something in the house that that uh, what that hadn't been lit when they left or something like that. Like they had some, like my aunt later on when she moved from See, Virginia Beach that back to Chattanooga. Yeah, like he saw something. He 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 had some weird experiences in that. They had some weird experiences in that house too. So it was just old and. You know, there's other things like I'd feel a presence. I'd feel like there was somebody or something around me. It never felt like it was malevolent or mean or anything like that. But, like, you definitely never felt – you always kind of – as a kid, I always kind of felt like I wasn't – if I was alone in my room, I wasn't actually alone. It was kind of a weird – kind of a weird feeling. Like, you felt kind of a presence going
1: on there. Case. Yeah, the candle thing would – So that me- was kind of – you worried? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to I'd have
3: to ask him about that. He told me the story not that long ago, but uh, I don't remember quite the specifics of it. And uh, but it's um, yeah, there was apparently other activity that was going on later on too. Before it was then, my grandfather sold it, and then it got knocked down, yeah. and now it's condos. So
1: yeah, you want the ghost to put the candle out that you you know that you forgot to that you left on when you left the house. You don't want yeah. the ghost to light the yeah. fucking candles. Yeah. That's that's not yeah, good. And, That's not good ghost behavior.
3: And I think the thing um, was that it was like in yeah. a cap. it was in a cabinet, it was like a glass cabinet and the cabinet was closed or locked and then they came back and like the candle was burning inside of it. Oh shit. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I'd have to, I gotta ask Jason about that again, so
1: I see all the that yeah. That just conjures up a lot of uh I've mentioned this like twice now on the show, uh I, I really there's a Reddit group called Let's Not Meet that I just fucking love, and it's like all these creepy stories that people <laughs> have, um, and they actually cleaned it up pretty good because for a while there was like every every person who every person was like, oh someone followed me down the road and you'd read it and be irritated. You're like that's the, that's it. That's not. You, they had to be really creepy yeah. and a lot and, and often <laughs> often they are. I've read like three or four that, like, someone is secretly, like, breaking into someone's house or secretly lives in someone's attic. Um, Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. (laughs) really came to mind, that candle thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was one I read the other day, where that their neighbor had become, like, obsessed with them and somehow was getting into the house. And at first, this is the part that freaks me out. It'll freak people out listening. At first, just, like, little things would be moved, and they weren't quite sure if, you know, they weren't. They weren't sure if they did it or not. And then it became more and more <laughs> weird where the guy where the guy would like, you know, put a book in the refrigerator or something. And then they were like, Alright, we definitely didn't we definitely didn't do this. Uh but yeah, those stories always freak me out, man. That's now, worse Surveille, than
3: having a ghost, man. I mean, that's way worse.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that is way worse house. Yeah. That is way worse. <laughs> now Surfe uh Surveille, um, You showed us around a lot of places in Nashville that were, like, Masonic-type buildings, correct? Am I right about that?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, Nashville was a, uh, it was kind of a, it's called the Athens of the South, you know. We got a full-scale replica of the Parthenon here. Um, It was a hub for publishing, so all, uh, most of America's religious publishing at one point, which also included a lot of, um, uh occult organizations and secret societies were based here and uh it's definitely got a strong uh masonic history as well um so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of stuff here not to mention it's it's ancient history as kind of like a a giant uh burial ground pretty much
1: really oh i didn't know that yeah Uh, this was yeah yeah
2: this is like miss- there was Mississippian cultures here that uh i mean like they there was there's just so many there was so many graves around this area it's been inhabited for at least ten thousand years that uh, even into the eighties when they were doing construction projects they were like you had people in the eighties throwing stone box graves into dumpsters and just Jesus. just terrible terrible uh, archaeological destruction but um but yeah the habitation here goes back at least 10,000 years and you had a lot of uh Mississippian mound building cultures and stuff like that so it was kind of uh some of that has a lot to do with the the old elites here um like uh you know people like andrew jackson were from the area and uh, they kind of wove that mound builder mythos into some of their weird uh racist mythologies
1: Oh god, that's not good. Um, well, the the sort of set up, I guess, is that question, but then it led me to something else that I was thinking of. It's sort of like just how weird. The, the, what, what's the story with that Parthenon? Um, because it's really epic. It's really like I don't know if it's to scale or what, yeah. but it's it's certainly massive. And and uh, if, if someone told me it was the scale, I'd believe it because it was certainly looks like that. Uh, we didn't get a chance to go yeah, inside because. It's same size, pretty much.
2: Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it's an actual. Uh, it's it's a pretty exact replica.
3: Yeah, so I, you, I guess, you missed out on seeing. You missed out on seeing the statue. I think when we got there, they yeah. were just about to close.
2: It's got. A, it, I think that's one of the largest uh, classical, uh, you know, Greco-Roman uh, pagan statues in the world. Um, it's got a giant Athena inside, gold gold plated.
1: Yeah, it's pretty yeah, I've impressive. Seen the... I've seen the pictures online. It's uh yeah, somebody I follow on Twitter uh I have started collecting coffee mugs from these places I go and they had a they had a Parthenon one and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck. I didn't get to go into the gift shop over we there cuz we didn't get to go inside. I want that mug." Um what I guess I want to know uh I, I if, if Adam can answer this or Sir or whoever um I hate to do that cuz then it t- turns into crosstalk, but I I'm not sure who would know this, but like I'm interested in how this thing came about. It's a very sort of weird thing to build, and it reminds me of yeah. Um, there's like this. It reminds me of how Memphis, and I know this unless they did this to copy off of the Parthenon thing because it's relatively new. But Memphis's basketball arena is a fucking pyramid. So and that is right. even like that's weird too. So it's like. That's a very strange, uh, it's a very well, strange yeah. sort of like thing that they both are like that. But more specifically, that's a more modern thing. But more specifically, the, the Parthenon. How did this thing even come about, and what was the ju- the, ju- the justification for it? I think I, you know, why did they even? Who came up with this, and how did they even, uh, you know, get people to get on board with building a Parthenon in Nashville?
3: You take you take it you take it, Seraphiel. This is, this is one of his things.
2: So, all right, good. Okay, good, good. so um, well, you, it's good you mentioned the the pyramid in Memphis because um, next to uh, a previous version of the Parthenon uh, was an actual giant pyramid for a Shelby County delegation. Uh, that Shelby County, where Memphis is, for. Where that Parthenon comes from is the Tennessee Centennial Exhibit of 1897. So the actual centennial was on 1896, but um, they just had such grandiose plans that it did get delayed a year. Uh, But this is one of these um, smaller fairs that were um, inspired by the Chicago World's Fair. And so after the Chicago World's Fair, you had all these – Uh, These exhibits and and, uh, fairs across the country uh, that were like international expos um, that try to bring people from all around the world uh, to uh, to these different places in America. And so that Centennial Expo was in 1897 and a giant city was built um, that even had its own like political jurisdiction, and everything uh, for that. For that exhibit, and uh, a man who was the—I think he was a—he was the chairman of the Nashville-Chattanooga and St. Louis Railway. Yep. And he was
3: whose actual oh, statue, whose statue was there, I think, and of uh, Centennial yeah. Park, right?
2: He was the yeah. He was the director general of the Tennessee Centennial Exhibition, and he was. Uh, some kind of mystic like a lot of these railroad men were definitely a freemason he actually has a, uh, a pyramid um, tomb at the cemetery that uh, me and me and Adam visited it's uh, has two sphinxes at the front of it and uh, that was the Parthenon was his pet project for that and there was a huh. Athena originally outside of it. Um, but yeah, that was that was his pet project, and I'm sure it was done with the intent to, uh, you know, harken back to some of that uh, ancient uh, Greco-Roman stuff. And uh, you know, he was definitely into that stuff, as were a lot of these railroad men around here.
3: Now, the statue that's there now, though, is not the same statue from then. That's the, the statue that's there now. I think was actually put in there in like the early 90s. Right. So it's a it's fairly new. And like. So, the, yeah.
2: That goes with the whole Athens of the South thing. Uh that really cemented it. That was um that was coined before uh this being like the center of learning, sophistication of this like New South uh they're building you know, after the Civil War and the Parthenon right. really cemented that as we are the Athens of the South, we have the Parthenon. Because of all oh, the colleges. Okay. you have you Okay. Have, so there is several, kind of a you have several, There's kind you have several of a colleges there yeah, absolutely. But it's a uh, it's a it's a strange place when you go in there and you're in front of Athena. I mean, she's a uh, she's you know terrible and uh, tall and and beautiful and terrifying. You definitely you know you definitely
3: <laughs> pick up. On something. Yeah. Yeah. What, one thing one thing about it is like they took all the buildings down at that city that they built in the Centennial Park, what is now yeah. called Centennial Park. And so they took all those buildings down. They left the Parthenon, which I think was a wood structure, right, Sergio? And then they no, built, they it rebuilt was, it later. Yeah, they pretty what's, rebuilt up it.
2: Yeah, what's there, what's there now is pretty much a, a reconstruction.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: but alongside of it, if you, like, look up pictures for a centennial exhibit, uh, Tennessee centennial exhibit, there was – uh, that giant pyramid also. So you've got like a giant pyramid next to the Parthenon. Yeah, yeah. And all this stuff, you know, it, it, was, it was it was something else. And those those fairs too have a lot of strange stuff around them. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at the time, occultism and, and and theosophy and all kinds of this stuff was really widespread. So you had whole days of that exhibit, just like the Chicago World Fair and others that were dedicated to. Um, like religious parliaments with some of the first, uh, uh, Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims in, in America, uh, and they have traveling, uh, acrobats and dervishes and, and people from all around the world because they have these little like villages and stuff. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of weird, uh, there's a lot of weird mystical stuff around them, um, a lot of cultural stuff that we know of, just just like our ideas from carnivals and state fairs and the circus. A lot, a lot of this stuff came from those original state uh, exhibitions.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. When we were talking about that, I tried to find out just now. Uh, I wish you hear about all these fucking awesome world fairs, like the one Tesla went to and yeah. wowed everybody. And it's like, why, why don't they do? I, I've never. Stuff
2: like that <laughs> God, now? Excuse yeah. me.
1: Yeah, I'm like forty and I don't ever recall anything like what they describe in my life, like a World's Fair. Why why don't yeah. they bring that and well, I looked it up. That's what I said. So I looked it up on Google, like, do they still do a World's Fair? But apparently it's called the World Expo now and fucking this year was going right, yeah. to be in Dubai. It's like that doesn't that's uh, not even
0: yeah.
1: you know, I'm talking about like an old timey kinda World's Fair. When this pandemic's over, somebody should oh, the- somebody should revive the World's Fair. That'd be awesome. <laughs>
3: So the last one that I really remember because I went to it was the Knoxville World's Fair in nineteen eighty two. And that's right. where you have like the sun the sun sphere that's in Knoxville is a remnant what's left of the World's Fair. And there's a uh the park that it's in is called World's Fair Park. I barely Probably remember it. I think the only thing that I really remember is the sun? Is the sun sphere? I think eventually they began to just kind of go, like you said, like it's in Dubai. They eventually ended up just going to doing it in other countries, I guess. But like, right. there were a bit, I mean, there's big. You know, you still have the remnants of them. I mean, like the, one of the biggest ones was one in uh, 1939 in New York City, I believe. Yeah. that was like the World of the Future. And there's one that I found out about that was sometime, I think, also in the 30s or maybe the 20s that was in, um, I think, Dallas, Texas that was big and had some interesting architecture. So, I mean, they were just – they were yeah. they were the thing around the time yeah, of the yeah. early – late 19th century into the mid-20th century. I, th- I think the answer is that the
2: um, – the, I guess the elites of society at the time, they, they believed in a future. Or they were trying to, you know, almost like they're creating these world fair cities as these cities of the future to project their image of the futures they wanted to create. But, um, you know, since the eighties, I mean, is, is there really a a direction, you know, is there really (laughs) a, a belief in is there any kind of commonality and a belief in a future or anything, you know, as far as among, among the uh, elites of society, you know, do we really have that kind of, uh, Society anymore, so I think that's just what it is, man. I mean, there's just really no, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like
1: maybe, maybe I'm just too old or something, but it's like I remember all the stuff that we thought was going to be in the future flying cars and, and things like that. I guess that the, the, the <laughs> idea, in a way, is not even us because, like, I think I yeah. learned about the like they're talking about the flying car way before I was born. So, if you imagine like the Jetsons, right, how they imagined the future. It's like you don't. I don't really no, Yeah, you don't really see that as much anymore. And if you do, it's like really. It looks just like now. I guess the Jetsons, in a sense, did look just like now, but it was just like the details were slightly changed. So I guess it is all the same. Like Demolition Man, I was thinking about yeah, that think,
3: movie. I think. I think. Cha- I think. I think a lot of change. I think the sense of optimism probably yeah. went out with like World War II and the Cold War and also when you start getting like more dystopian fiction i think you yeah. went from utopia to to really a a dystopia so now it's kind of like now now you know things are like so negative nowadays too that you know like a lot of people aren't looking towards Towards the future, but maybe there's other countries like some place like Dubai that really yeah. more is dynamic and more you know looks looks towards that. So like it might there might be a cultural aspect to that too.
1: That's an interesting observation. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because it's almost like when you trace the timeline, it's super simplistic. But there was all this hope and shit during the 60s, and we you know kind of peaked when we put a man on the moon. It was like we we're really we we're really going places, and then uh, Vietnam happened. it kind of smothered a lot of the spirit of the of the country. It wasn't that that just wasn't really uh people it feels like people kind of became downtrodden after that and then the seven you know people look back on the seventies it's awful and uh and then then it was like every man for himself <laughs> yeah
3: uh, well, we, emerged,
1: I did, I... we emerged into the eighties as like hey it's everybody for themselves, fuck all this communal shit uh greed is good you know? I think becoming maybe more these just young people. Like,
3: I, I think I think also too it just like people feeling like technology is out of control like it, it, there was a feeling at the at the time when those world's fairs of like technology will save us technology is the savior and now we have kind of figured out that technology really is
2: <laughs> hey Benno have you seen the, less
1: optimistic about it
2: have you seen the latest uh, Elon Musk presentation on his, his brain implant he had in those weeks <laughs>
1: I hate Elon Musk dude I'm and you're talking about <laughs> Thank you're talking you. about Thank like you, how how wor- being worried about uh crazy QAnon people. I, I I worry about crazy Elon Musk fans. They're as bad as the QAnon people. Yeah, like if you yeah, criticize yeah. criticize them they go, bananas. But yeah, I can't I can't stand that guy. He makes a lot of promises. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, kind of a dick. he's a huge dick. He's a huge dick. That's the that's the that's the tough part 'cause <laughs> I really like what he's doing with space, with uh, SpaceX. I don't care much about any, all the other stuff, but I like what he's doing with – I wish he would sell SpaceX to someone that I actually didn't hate because every time SpaceX does something cool, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And it's like, oh, fucking Elon Musk, though. I got, you know, I got to look at his stuff. Do, re-
3: do you remember when those kids got stuck in that cave in Thailand?
1: Do you remember that's that? That's when I turned on him. That's when I turned on Elon. Yeah. That was my final straw.
3: <laughs> yeah, and he he wanted to like bring in this like this like submersible that would get them out or something like that, and he was so insistent on it. And the Thai the type police or whatever told him, "Oh no, we're it's okay, we got this." And then he started calling them pedophiles on Twitter or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, so he like, got sued for
3: that. It's like really really strange behavior. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of – strange. he's getting stranger. He does a lot of strange stuff. I don't know what um, – and I'm in no way, like, making light of this, uh, but people talk about Kanye West and how he has mental – how he's bipolar or something. I sometimes wonder that about Elon Musk, because he, he seems to have these episodes where he says shit. Uh, I don't know if he just likes being a Twitter troll or what, but he says things that are, like, crazy, <laughs> and you wonder yeah. – why how you can't really you can't really align that with uh with with who he's supposed to be like how he like what he named his fucking kid right like what they named his he named his kid like a mathematical equation it's like we come on dude, just come <laughs> oh, on
3: shit. it's like next level from prince <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was interesting wasn't it
0: but, yeah, yeah, that video is
2: terrifying, though. It's like he gives this big presentation with these, like, uh, about his uh, Neuralink, I think it's called. Yes. That looks yeah. like brain implant, and they're just like, oh, it's great. It's going to be, you know, if you're depressed, you just uh, zap your, you Push know, your button. And it gives you, like, a little electronic lobotomy or something. Um, but he had these little pigs, you know, that had the brain implant, <laughs> and they were trying to, like, show them they could make it do what they wanted to. It's like, weird. Well,
1: that's Yeah. Well, the thing is, yes. right? You, my first reaction is almost like that. It's like, all right, Elon, you first, man. Like, stick yeah. that thing in your yeah. fucking brain, yeah. and then we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. He's really annoying. Um, yeah, technology though, it he's is. The,
3: he's the sa- he's the savior of the world, though, man. To a lot of people, you know, he's he, gonna change the world.
1: Yeah, I keep waiting for that, but that's. That's the thing I notice as you as you get older. A lot of the shit just happens really slow. And uh at some point you kinda like you become more cynical about about anything ever happening. Like flying like I'm like I think I've I i do not know if I said this to you guys, I think there's plenty of people on the show now, where it's like I don't know exactly how old you guys are, you seem pretty old. We're probably not gonna go to space oh. like the three of us. So that's out Yeah,
2: I'll, probably not.
1: And, uh, you know, flying cars, all that stuff. It's like you're not – and it's never going to – Well, this stuff. So when he says he's going to change the world, like, oh, he's going to put a – he wants to put a tunnel in, you know, from L.A. to Las, An- uh, Las Vegas or something like that. Um, but he's been talking about that for uh-huh. years and shit. And he, he wants uh. to colonize Mars. Like, man, you know, by the time we die, it will probably just be starting – this this plan to colonize Mars. I don't, that, that's one of the things that really irritates me about. Uh, I don't know. I guess you'd say the space. Yeah, the space NASA. It's like why they fucked it all up. Why didn't they they stop going to the moon and, you know, by now we would have a moon base. What the fuck? What the, <laughs> they haven't been back to the moon like in fifty years? It's crazy.
3: Yeah, that's the that's the real uh, people always. Say that uh, we didn't we didn't go to the moon and all that. I'm kind of always have wondered why we just didn't keep going. You know, I they guess, found we, I guess
2: monolith, man.
3: That's it. I guess we just reached. Well, I guess we just reached our goal, and we just decided, oh well, there's nothing else to really do, and just uh, give up. I guess. But it is it a makes little. No it sense, is a little though. frustrating to think about. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Well, kind was- like the sequel, listening. Yes. Yeah, oh. yeah, Stanley
1: Kubrick. Kier- <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, look at even if they did. Here's the argument, though, for me. Like, I, I accept no excuses from NASA. Even if they went there and found a monolith, right? It's been fifty fucking years. You can't figure out how to tell us you found a monolith. It's not. You know, <laughs> you should be able to figure it out by now. Oh my god. Yes. That's why a little faith in the government would... really knows anything about aliens, either. Because, like, how how could they have not figured out how to? Tell... I do tell people. It doesn't it shouldn't take three or four generations to break the news. Um shouldn't be that difficult. But what do I know?
3: No. No, no, it shouldn't. Yeah. Well,
2: I I I don't really even believe in physical aliens, but um yeah. I think it would kind of mess up a lot of the games, um for everybody the power I structure, mean, I, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This whole philosoph- yeah. philosophical religious structure, I mean, that's, you know, I kind of, I would almost, um, you know, if I was in, like, power, I'd almost side with that, like, wow, this is really going to mess people up. We don't know what to expect after this.
1: Yeah, I just feel like that enough time has passed. I feel like they could tell us, but you're, they probably don't want to upset their own, give up the power that they would have uh, by telling people. So if there are... I kind of just go with the the ETH as the template, just because it's the easiest to work with. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, I don't know. People get all upset, but it's like, you know, you can you can you can hold more than one thought in your head, folks. You can entertain different possibilities for where these things come from. But the idea that the well, government's going to come go out and be to... like, "Oh, they're interdimensional and shit," and they'll never tell. They'll never tell us <laughs> that yes, they're interdimensional. But... People wouldn't understand it. People people according wouldn't be able to fucking ar- understand where the aliens <laughs> come from.
3: According to some, we've already had disclosure, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well I don't really I, I I I don't hate on the UFO world as much as uh I used to. I they're happy. If they're happy then <laughs> they're they can be happy. I don't really necessarily I've gotten disclosure fatigue. I've kind of had enough of the sort of this dancing around it. It's like just come out with it already. Every time it's this like little little thing, you know? It's this little little new detail yeah, that's come you know, out. It's like alright.
3: W- when the latest when the latest stuff came out, um, I really wasn't like truly thrilled about it, to be honest. I mean it was kinda like it was interesting, but I don't know, with with all everything that's going on in the world they, I don't know. It like just didn't seem important. like too juicy to me. Yeah. 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 So, and it kind of seemed it kind of almost seemed like it was like a kind of a big one of just a big distraction. Maybe it was a well-needed distraction, but it just kind of seemed that way to me this time. You know what happened in 2017? That was interesting that, you know. I, I don't know. I think people get really uh really too overzealous about a lot of that stuff. And not just take it at face value. Like, okay, the government's kind of admitted that there's – that has actually admitted, instead of saying that it's not there, they're now saying that it's something we can't explain. Okay, that's cool. But right. uh, I don't know. Well, it's I, irritating, I mean, too, I sometimes. Guess, I guess that's revolutionary,
1: I guess. but for In their lifetime. I think it's – what's yeah. irritating, I think, is like – and uh, uh, people – these people are I, I like. These aren't the irritating people. What the, what's irritating is like people I like will find stuff that's like, you know, New York Times articles from the fifties or whatever, where it's like government doesn't know what these UFOs are, and it's like so we haven't we haven't really necessarily we're really we're really kind of just replaying a lot of the shit that I mean they had fucking Project Blue Book. So when people are all excited about this new Pentagon program, it's like, but they had a pro <laughs> they had a program. That was supposed to figure this out, and they didn't. Or, you know, or according to them, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. So, I, I can't. <laughs> They're going to get it right this time. Right. I advocated for a fresh look at it, but I want more of a fresh look from people outside the government. Not, no, I really don't care. I really don't trust what the government's going to tell me about UFOs.
2: Well, you got people outside of the government too. I mean, that's uh, yeah, you know,
1: scientists. I mean, so. you know, that kind of thing. And journalists. Yeah, but.
2: yeah.
1: Anyway, Sir Fiel, I was going to ask you you mentioned these railroad guys being mystics. Um, and this is like kind of like, it's hard to really put this into a question. I'm going to do my best. But like, what do you think these groups, these like Freemasons, like, do you think they knew shit? Do you think they really knew really hidden knowledge that we don't, that still we don't know today? Because part of me thinks that. I think the idea is that they originally did have all this secret knowledge, but it was math and geometry and how to build yeah. build buildings and stuff. And so that was like the secret knowledge, and they yeah. kept that. Right, right. And then as time went on, <coughs> these secrets just kind of got revealed through, I don't know, osmosis or whatever. Um, and now it's like – the other side of the coin question is like, well, maybe did they have any other other information that we don't know about? So, do you, I mean, do you think these groups knew, and maybe even some still know, any secret knowledge that hasn't made it out to the masses?
2: I think most of it is things that we know, but it's a different way of thinking about the things that we know now, um, and. I think that there is other more spiritual things and uh, things for um, changing consciousness, perhaps contacting other things, the other side, things like that, that are preserved. Yeah. And then I think there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, basically it's got all this stuff that they actually still speculate on because it's pretty much like, uh, we were talking to Olaf Phillips. He, you know, he was talking about how he's he's uh, got a, a background in anthropology and stuff. We're talking about cargo cults, and I think it's kind of like cargo that. Cults. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is just like a. They have a lot of material that that they think may be from the Antediluvian world, but it's kind of like a cargo cult, and everyone's like trying to still understand what some of the stuff means. And, uh, but, th- you know, they, they have the actual, they have symbolism of it. They have a cargo cult of things that even they don't understand anymore. Um, but I, I think there's, there's definitely, I think there is secrets. And, um, I think, uh, some of the things may be more just allegorical and symbolic though. And I think things are a lot yeah. more just, um, just, just out there, and just have to be understood in different ways. I don't necessarily think um, a lot of it is as secret as people think. But I, th- I think, as far as the real weird stuff, do they have some kind of, you know, secret technology of the ancients, things like that? Uh, I think that stuff is probably just more of like a cargo cult that people yeah. into that type of stuff are still actively trying to understand.
1: Right. Well, in a but lot so of like ways, the I think sometimes- and things like yeah. Yeah, uh, like, just clear that that's
2: in the railroad and weird shit like that. You know, who knows?
1: Well, I do think that, yeah, there's something to I think that kind of can be applied to the contemporary UFO issue, too. With uh, if there was a crash at Roswell, um, I don't necessarily like the old adage that people talk about. Like, if you went back in time and gave someone a cell phone, they wouldn't even they would just have it, it would just be an ornament, it wouldn't even be useful or usable or anything. Like, if that's the case here. If we're sitting on a crashed-out flying saucer, we can't figure out how it works, um, which is entirely possible. I think people, I think people, yeah, uh, UFO enthusiasts listening might be like, "Oh, no way! We would totally." It's like, look at this. We, you it couldn't. If you went back like 50 years and gave somebody a cell phone, they probably wouldn't be able to figure it out. So, um, let's not let's not give ourselves too much credit here. Uh, so it could very much be like that cargo cult thing you're talking about here, where it's just pieces of this ship are hanging around, and, and there's like writing right. on it, and but no one can figure out exactly what the fucking steel is, you know. So they they don't want, yeah they, they don't want to tell anybody about it.
2: I think that's oh, a lot man. of it. Or like we were talking to some people about like a weird archaeology um, the other night. Uh, the guy that's from a Brothers of the uh, Serpent podcast. And, um, you know, like, I don't really know if, if a lot of these places, uh, these ancient sites and things like this, I don't really know if they were so much to like do some kind of, um, have some kind of like technological function that we don't understand anymore. I think a lot of this stuff is just more like, uh, symbolic and spiritual and more just for like consciousness change and yeah. for exploring the inner worlds. You know, I don't. I don't know. Um it's fun to speculate on stuff, but I I tend to you know not really speculate a whole lot on like whether there's like you know this lost uh, ancient technology and stuff like that. I think it's more it's more inward. I think it's more psychological and spiritual.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you think well I I think that there's maybe that they may have this like things that Surfio was saying about the cargo cult, you know, like there's a there's a remnant of memory of some kind of lost civilization that I think was in the past. Yeah. But I think some of these people that are I mean like so there's there's a lot of researchers that we know that are also Freemasons, right? Oh yeah. And we try to and and I think that they are actually trying to figure to to try to figure out this stuff, to try to make to try to have like the mirror not shine so so darkly, you know? And try to figure out what exactly is going on. Like Randall Carlson, I think is a good example of somebody that is doing that. I mean, Randall's yeah. you know freely admits that he's a Mason, and but he's actively pursuing and has been most of his life pursuing this whole like comet impact theory. So, you know, and the, the, the fact that that could have wiped out some kind of ancient civilization. So, I think there's a, a way that the, what they're trying to do is kind of trying to prove some of these legends and ideas that they're picking up from from Freemasonry.
1: Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's funny cuz I never really uh I don't see the Freemasons and the Masons as like something sinister. Um but so, but they have in, in some circles, right. especially in the past, they were they were feared. They were like feared like the Knights Templar or something. Uh you know, they tried to like root the mountain shit. Which to me is like, oh weird. I never I can't even They're mostly I think of those dudes on in like the 4th of July parade with the uh with the hats, I forget <laughs> you twiders. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Well, you know, the, it's like old guys that, uh, riding little cars and stuff. They're they're all they're just kind cool. of a gentleman's club.
3: So, like a lot of the root of that is from uh, sometime in the, in the beginning of the 19th century. There was a was it Morgan, right, Sir? for yeah. you know, William Morgan. William. Who Morgan. was? Who was this guy that was assassinated by? The supposedly assassinated by the Freemasons now more than likely because he threatened to reveal the secrets to the masses, I guess. And I guess that there were two guys that killed him and they probably did it on their own. They probably didn't get orders from the from the Grand Poobah or whatever. And so that became this big cause around like the 1820s, 1830s because of Morgan. And there were all these writings about like the Illuminati and all this kind of stuff that had been going on really since like the 1790s, like this big massive conspiracy because we were a young country and we saw like the threat on every corner and like the, the, the old, the old, the old guard in Europe was coming to destroy us. And there was all this, um, all this stuff that was going on. And so anti Masonry became a big thing around that time. And it's and it kind of stayed around. It's kind of stuck around and it's just found its way into just about every kind of conspiracy theory. Uh there was the what was it, Taxel? The uh is a is a is a well known hoax from the time. Leo Taxel wrote this whole thing about how Albert Pike and they uh did all their ceremonies in blood and all this kind of stuff, and they were all Luciferian ah. and all this, and and that's something that has been proven time and time again to have been this complete hoax. And yeah. but y- you will still you will still see it come up now, especially in like evangelical fundamentalist circles. You'll see it you'll see it come out. You'll see that come up a lot. So this yeah. stuff just gets recycled, and but the root of it probably is really. The murder of William Morgan. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, well, anytime like a group is secret, they they take on a sinister air in the eyes of uh, a lot of people. Like I was thinking about like Skull and Bones, sure. that, that group in, in Yale. Yeah. When
2: yeah.
1: Really I do want to say,
2: though, that Yeah. Well, and it part. just – it just being a frat, I think the – I think there was a time in America where they call the golden age of fraternity – when yeah. all these different good old boy networks were the very fabric of every town and every place, oh, yeah. and there were probably thousands of little conspiracies, and you had probably had a lot of people in these organizations who used them for their own little agendas and their own little conspiracies, and um, I think a lot of it – you know, comes from that too, that things did happen by people who were members of Secret Societies. So you know, that doesn't mean that it's the secret society's fault. It's just it was just the good old boy network, you know?
3: Right. And they would have been around anyway. You know, there's there's a certain kind of yeah, there's a certain kind of chicken and egg thing to this, right? So is it really the Freemasons that are doing it, or is it because this certain person that did this bad thing is a Freemason? You know, um, there's also yeah, yeah. the distrust of Freemasonry because of their connection to intelligence agencies, right? Well, if you're a Freemason, you mention Skull and Bones, okay? And the, uh, several CIA officers, intelligence officers, graduated from Yale. They were they had been in Skull and Bones. If you've ever seen the movie The Good Shepherd, that's a good uh, indication, a good representation of that, and. So, but the thing was that the reason why they recruited so heavily from these type of fraternal organizations is because they already knew how to keep a secret. Right. So sense, it became yeah. almost like a training ground for, for these intelligence agencies. So there's like, what comes first, you know, is it the intelligence agency or is it the, or is it the Freemasons and their devious plot? You know, it's, I think it's more than likely just because these people just happen to be involved with some kind of secret society or whatever you know I that don't think I don't, yeah, think I don't think it's the other way like around and a lot of it a lot of it is 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 more just plain you know greed what can you, what can you get what kind of power can you get what kind of what money can you get i mean you know a lot of it is just like just pure avarice there's no there's no like ideology involved with a lot of these people. The more you dig into it, the more you see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see a bad depiction of skull and bones, uh the skulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
3: I I have I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Sorry, I cut out a little I, bit. I haven't there.
1: seen it a long time. I remember it being kinda of lousy, but maybe I'm wrong. So um yeah, yeah
3: it, oh no. it didn't even look good enough. I don't think it even looked good <laughs> enough for me to watch, honestly. So,
1: yeah, I just looked. Yeah, I just looked it up to see it because I was going to see. It. I thought there was like a twist ending, but I don't think there is. It's just, uh, you know. Anyway,
2: <laughs> the good shepherd. The good shepherd has a really good, uh, more accurate. I think it even has a some uh, pretty accurate depictions of of skull and bones rituals in it. So, yeah, that's probably the. I think the skulls was kind of more like a. Was not that more of like kind of a, a, a kind of college bopper movie. Teeny-bopper, yeah. early arts, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That was, that I think Ryan, Ryan Philippe was in it, and the kid from uh, the kid the kid from Dawson's Creek. So that okay. was the year 2000. Yeah. Quite a so, uh, simpler time. Yeah, I know. I remember looking back when, uh, for because su- I had just started college, like when this came out, but it was like. It was like uh, <laughs> it, American Pie, like changed it, it, all of a sudden. That, that, that was this huge, like people won't, probably won't remember, but American Pie was like this mega, like phenomenon uh, at the time when it came out, and it, it was just like uh, I remember my teacher at college being like, "Now you're gonna see every movie like this," and that's what happened. All of a sudden, everything was like American Pie for like three years. It's crazy. But and that's such got the real
2: secret society stuff in that movie.
1: <laughs> well, it's got Eugene Levy, so I know it's good. I, I actually like those American Pie movies. Uh, uh, if they're on, I'll watch them. That's one of the. It's kind of like the uh, the deal. If I see one of those movies on, I'll watch them. Except for those new, the new. They made newer ones with other people in them. It's like that's not even. This isn't the real American Pie. Um, <laughs> how we got off on that? I don't know.
0: We gotta spread this stuff around!
1: Let's put it on the internet! You're listening to Banal of America Audio.
2: Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this?
1: So, let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about the the conference. We'll circle back here to the conference now. Um, I don't want to talk too much about what I'm going to talk about, but I, you know, I've told you... That we've talked about it, I've talked about it here on the show, um, which is, I'm, I'm finally going to sit down and sort of collect these thoughts these observations about uh, my trip to the International Flat Earth Conference last November. Uh, I've talked about it on a couple – I talked about it on you guys' show back in March when me and Aaron Gullius were on. And um, I I think, like, it had been long enough since I went uh, that I hadn't really thought much about it, and I wasn't prepared to – to talk about it. The afterwards, that kind of kicked me in the ass a little bit cuz like afterwards I was like I think I re- shortly after that I pretty much knew that's what I was going to do at uh Strange Realities and and really actually do a presentation on this and lay out my observations. But this uh whole bunch of other people as you said 20 other speakers are going to be there. Now, how did you uh how did you decide who to bring in for this for this event?
3: Hmm really just people that uh, we've had on it's everybody that is going to be here is people we've had on the show at least once so i mean it was really kind of just kind of came down kind of came down to that who we really wanted to have and kind of like also having the best kind of like i guess variety of topics that we could possibly get is yeah. another thing and just kind of keeping in mind also who I wanted to have come in like, you know, for example, like Brent rains. I mean, he was there last year at the conference and I wasn't able to put him in the conference. He kind of, you know, came and asked me a little late and I'd already had the whole day booked. So there's no way to have him, but he was there and he was selling, he was back there selling his books and he got to sit in on the uh, also on the, the panel So, you Mm -hmm. know, I already knew that I wanted him to be a part of it. And, of course, Dr. Future. Um, And, of course, like the return people, yourself and Joshua Cutchin and Timothy Renner and Guy Malone, all you guys came back. So there was that. And when we originally, I guess we had planned for uh, to do the live events, I guess, quote unquote live. We wanted to get people that were kind of in our local area too. So guys like uh, Jack Montgomery, who is not too far from Nashville, Tony Kale, who's in Memphis. We kind of wanted to get them to be a part of this, and to also talk about something like folk magic, which you don't hear too much about, right? I mean, yeah. you don't at like a paranormal conference. You don't. That's not the normal kind of topic that they that they're going to be talking about. So we wanted to we wanted to have those guys. Um, that was part of the decision-making co- uh, process was who's close. Kiki Dombrowski also though, that she's not in Nashville anymore. So we wanted to try to get her to be part of it. Um, and once like Serfiel said, you know, that, uh, we were able to do this thing online and we were able to open it up basically to a whole lot more people. Yeah. We just thought to ourselves, well, who, who would we like to have? And, you know, who are some good people? And, you know, I really wanted Soraya, where the road go to speak. You know, so got him. And, um, of course, you know, Greg Bishop was another one I wanted to speak. friend of the show, yeah. You know, so, like, I already had kind of, like, an idea, like, you know, who would we have, like, for the next year? So Greg was already on that list. And uh, we got, you know, uh, Metcalf, David Metcalf as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jenny Ashford was somebody I really wanted to have from thirteen o'clock podcast and and it was like and her stuff is kind of different. I mean her stuff is all about true crime, so you know there we go love true crime so we just we just assembled we just you know that's just kind of like our thought process, and once we kind of had filled the roster, we kind of stopped you know and yeah. um but there's you know just obviously there's more people that I would love to have. But
1: you know, well, there's some other things you didn't later mention later here. Let's year, make we'll sure we get everybody on the thing. Aaron Goulias, good, good friend of an all American. Aaron Goulias is going to be on there. John yep. Tenney, he's, yep. uh, he's Aaron, going to be there.
3: Aaron's actually, Aaron's actually starting us out. He's going to be the yeah. first one for the uh, for the conference, uh, the first one on Friday night. Yeah, John Tenney as well. Really happy to have him.
1: Alan um, Greenfield is going to be there. Yep. Yep. Uh,
3: and again, Stephanie
1: when, Quick will be participating in the festivities. He's
3: close. He's in Atlanta, so, you There know. you
1: go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Pill Junkie, so, another good friend of Benal All of America. Uh, we'll see if there's hmm. anyone else that we missed here. Steven Snyder, a.k.a. Recluse, will be there. Yes. And uh, Been
2: very deep and dark you, with
1: Steve. And... Yeah. Reverend Michael uh, J.S. Carter is also... I don't know why. Yeah, I think that might be a typo on your website, but it uh, looks like My- Reverend Michael J. Carter. Uh, and So
3: uh, no, that's and, uh, that's, it. that's how he says it. J. J. S. is the full middle name. That's
1: that's it. Oh, weird.
3: Uh, those it are those the little bio. Two says, he has two, but, two, two, two middle initials. Yeah,
1: weird. In the yeah, bio, it says about. Reverend Michael J. Carter. So I don't know. Well, if we were if we were in Nashville, that would be the first thing I'd ask him when I saw him at the. Uh, at the craft <laughs> services table.
4: <laughs>
1: that's I I I'm looking forward to this event. Um, uh, but this you know we all we all want to get back out on the road. You know what I mean? So it's that's that that's the fun. That's the really fun part of these events is like the hangout. That's what we were kind of talking about the other night on Conspiracy Normal. So I'm trying to bring that mood to the group chat we're going to be doing on the Saturday night. Uh, yeah. at the event over the weekend because uh, I've got some crazy-ass Captain Crunch smart food combination that, um, I don't know, Aaron Goliath thinks it's like smart food that's been dusted with crunch berries. I think it's like a combination. Yeah. I think they're both together. They're in there. Yeah, I think they're both together and probably just by sitting in that fucking bag, the the smart food... Will taste like crunchberries, just by sheer just wafting all that, all that. But will it be cheesy? Will it still be cheesy? And cheesy and sweet. I don't know. So I'm gonna be eating that. Bad. On, I mean, on the, the mystery.
3: Show. The mystery is just
2: mysteries of the
1: ages. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, you know,
2: it's, it's going to be like one of those tombs, like, you know, you got to be careful when you open it, you got to step back a little <laughs> bit, you don't want to catch some of that dust, you know, it might, oh, yeah. you might fall out right there, live.
1: Ex- exactly, yeah. So we'll be doing that, so we'll try to, we- trying to sort of, because that's the kind of goofy ass shit that I get up to when we get together <laughs> for these events, you know, we'll we'll get out of the supermarket and it will be like, what is this crazy ass thing that you sell here in Nashville? We're getting a bag of this and eating it. So we're gonna we're gonna try and do we're that, also, uh, we're also, that. We're email. also we're also we're
3: gonna do a hangout on Sunday. We're also gonna do a hangout on Sunday night too, like the post comp, the, the the total post conference hangout. So we're gonna do that on Saturday and on Sunday.
2: Because yeah. like any, you talk about, anybody can
3: join. Uh, yeah.
2: Like you talk about Tim, you know the 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 hallway conversations and the hanging out before and after and all that kind of stuff is is a uh, a lot of my favorite parts of the of conferences too. And we're going to try yeah. to do our best to recapture that in some way.
1: Yeah, the best we can, you know. It's uh, <laughs> you should... yeah. I thought about that. Like, uh, <laughs> you should have like a little vir- virtual green room that's just open all <laughs> that's open all weekend, yeah, where yeah. people could just jump on and and be like, "Hey, what are you going on? I'm uh, fucking. What are you? <laughs> What's going on? It's good to see you again." But yeah, yeah, it's uh. You know, we'll, we'll all we'll all get back to normal eventually. I think I was thinking that
3: we could we can sort of do that. We can sort of do that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. It kind of like it was a neat idea, but then I was like, when the hell am I gonna ever pop pop into the group? You know, who who else is gonna be in there? What are the odds? So, but yeah, it was. Well, because uh, we're, what made me laugh just just now was though I should have said if anyone if any of the speakers really want to recreate the, the experience. Uh, you know, we should just get on we should just stay on a long fucking Zoom thing the whole weekend. So <laughs> we are so just all around each other, no, no, like no get out of bed and and that. Just sit there. Well actually, no, Yeah, because well, we're doing because, it Yeah. Go ahead, Adam. Because we're
3: doing because we're doing it on a private Facebook Facebook page, okay? Yeah. Uh while while the things are going on, while speakers are speaking, I mean there is going to be a chat. Obviously there's going to be a chat feature for everybody in the group. So yeah. there that sort of I, I think that sort of counts. So there will be some there will be some kind of interaction between people.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I think it'll be a lot of fun and uh it's uh an interesting an interesting – this whole year has just been interesting. It's uh, – I think – I hope that I, – I still – I think I think next year people are still going to be kind of getting their bearings about them. But I, I feel like maybe like in 2022, I'm kind of hoping for an, – an, oh, I'm going to irritate people. But, you know, everyone listening knows my politics, so you know how I feel about the election. So I obviously do not want Donald Trump to win. Um. So in my – you know, in my – I still dream of a hopeful future where uh <laughs> that that whole situation is behind us they've gotten the coronavirus taken care of the economy starts to come back and I'm kind of I'm hoping maybe I can manifest it just in my own little world here or something but I'm hoping for like this this new fucking roaring 20s this new uh enthusiasm people will be will be Just alive again. That's kind of what I'm hoping. But the way the country's headed, you know, it looks more like we're going to have a civil war. But uh, I'm hopeful for that utopian destination down the line. Yeah,
2: I mean, one one can only hope and uh, use the power of positive thinking
3: (laughs) to uh, visualize the future. I I agree with you. I think that there's eventually just going to be a mass like explosion of activity. I mean, once that, uh, you know, the vaccine vaccine really kicks in, that's like people are going to just people are just going to go nuts. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Because it's probably still we're probably still I mean, I'd say we're less than a year away from that, honestly, at this point. But the good thing is politically um, we have to see how things go.
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful for a less divisive political future. Let's put it that way, and, and we'll leave it at that. But the, yeah, you, it feels like it's almost like this human nature that, yeah, once we're kind of back up on our feet, people will – there will be that explosion. And, and the, the thing that should make us hopeful, I guess, is like it should be – for all intents and purposes, it should be a very positive experience. Um, you know, I don't think anyone's like – Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait till they get that coronavirus vaccine, so that I can go out and shoot all those people again, it's, or start murdering people. It's like no one's, no one's, uh, no one's waiting to do bad shit. So people, people will are waiting to get out and live their lives and and congregate and and have a good time. And I think uh, once we can again, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a time. I hope.
3: We may not take it We may not take it it as as for granted As we used to take it either
1: Let's hope not Yeah, let's hope not Yeah, it's just really weird I never uh, Just watching shit without crowds and everything It's like you don't even realize how Integral an audience is for things Even just like talk shows or game shows and shit. It's crazy
3: Oh yeah. Well I mean you know, my dad's my, my dad's been watching baseball. He watches baseball all the time and they're playing to uh you know they're playing to those like weird pictures in the stands yeah, and everything that people the, yeah, people yeah, yeah. put out. Like uh it just looks so strange and bizarre.
1: Now you guys have done over three hundred episodes of your show. Have you what's a topic? I thought about this question uh, going into the show. I can't answer it honestly for myself, so um, I don't necessarily know if... Oh, we got a caller on the line. Shit. All right. Yeah. This could be someone. Presumably, it's someone from the Strange Realities Conference, because I only invited them to call. Although, although there was also a man in the chat room earlier named Richard Schniffer, who I think is a troll, <laughs> because when I was talking about American Pie, he said he... He, si- he said he super superglued Sniffer. his penis several times, and uh, he did not use the word penis. Okay. Uh, but I'm cleaning it okay. up for all those folks at home. Yeah, and I, I, at first I thought he you're, was serious. You're and,
3: using the correct medical term, Tim. So. Exactly.
1: I'm like Doctor Fauci, um, but I I thought he was. I kind of just was. I kind of just like didn't think give it really much of a thought. I thought he was just trying to be funny, and then I like did a double take and was like, oh wait a minute, his name is Richard Schniffer, so he, clearly I think he's. If he isn't – if that isn't a fake name, i I feel bad, but uh, that's a troublesome name. we got somebody on the line, so here's what I'll do. I'm gonna, we're going to bring the person on the line. This is radio professionalism at work right now, folks. We're going to bring the person on the line. When we're done talking to them, this will give you time to think about the answer to your, my question, which I cannot answer myself, which is after all these shows you've done, is there any topic – uh, guests, not so much guests. Everybody has dream guests, so that's a little easier. But is there a topic that you haven't explored on Conspiranormal that you'd like to get to, that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Um, so that's the question. But now let's hear from the caller in the 707 area code. could be any of the other 20 speakers at the Strange Realities Conference. They already started talking I think I know who it is, but let's hear from her now. Hello.
4: <laughs> I'm Richard Snicker. Actually, I'm not Richard. Stephanie <laughs> Quick. But the terrible thing was I was thinking, okay. What's up, Stephanie? I'm, cool I'm okay. Yeah, you have to introduce I'm okay. yourself. Was... We don't. <laughs> I'm is this okay. Stephanie Quick? <laughs> I presume. Yeah, from From
1: uh, Strange Realities Conference.
4: Strange Realities Conference. I have been on Normal once, talking about sex magic. So that's the the trolling about the whole uh, thing you had there was putting me on edge because I'm going to be speaking actually about synchronicity um, at the Strange Realities Conference. So hello, Adam and Sophia. How are you guys doing?
3: We're doing okay. We're doing good. Doing okay, James treating us I'm really doing
1: well. Doing well. They're trying to think of an answer to that question I just set up for them. Now, Stephanie here. <laughs> From what I understand, you're going to be talking about manifesting your own synchronicities, right? So have you ever manifested your own synchronicity? And if so, what was that like? <laughs>
4: um, yes. Well, actually, uh, you know, a lot of people are very excited about synchronicities these days because of the popularity of Hellier. Um, I became interest- I don't even remember when I became interested in synchronicities. I was a big Valet fan from, uh, like, back in the 80s. And he talks about synchronicities, uh, you know, all through his work, including like Messengers of section. He has that great one at the end of that book, the Melchizedek one. Um, but I became very interested in uh, generating my own synchronicities uh, about 17 or 18 years ago. I was reading this book about synchronicity, and the author was saying uh, the nice thing about them is that if you just kind of obsess about them and are open to it, then you can uh, – get them started in your own life. And this can, you yeah. know, help increase your luck or, or different things. Um, so at the time, I had a, I've had had a number of medical problems in my life, and I had a very bad problem with walking. And um, I had to use a cane. I couldn't drive. I mean, I could barely, like, go to the grocery store without bursting into tears from the pain. I was, you know, I couldn't, like, cross the street before the lights no, no. turned red, before walking yeah, and I was only around, like, 40 years old, so, you know, it it was it was a bad situation. So I was going to all these doctors, and they're like, why are you asking for these medicines? We can't treat you because we can't find anything wrong. So um, in the past, when i had had uh, bad medical situations, and they turned around, I would usually have some type of, a, like, a visionary or humanist experience. But I couldn't figure out how to get there without being really sick at that time, so... I don't know, it just occurred to me, I thought, you know, synchronicity is associated with all these paranormal and uh, numinous visionary um, experiences. So maybe if I try and drum up a lot of synchronicities during this month, because I had an appointment to see a neurologist, maybe that will help kind of bring some of that same energy to my life situation and help me get a diagnosis, and then I can maybe get, you know, treatment. Yeah. Um, So for that month, I just really put my attention towards synchronicities, I uh, would notice any ones that seemed to kind of pop up. Um, I'm actually working on my presentation right now when I was on holding stuff, listening to you guys, and I had this uh, attitude of giving it attention, but kind of withholding beliefs. Not saying you don't believe, but kind of just being in that in-between place. It's really interesting, but we don't know yet kind of thing. Yeah. Which to me tends to be more helpful Anyway, so I got some great synchronicities The day comes from my appointment And I'm on my uh, daily walk And I see Coming towards me over the hill As I'm walking home It's see a neighbor lady who I usually talk to her little dog, Biscuit And then like a new dog I was like, wow, I looked away for a second The lady and the new dog were there But Biscuit had turned into this kind of like a translucent, translucent box Like in that picture On the Oakley Moor, Moor. Anyway, yeah. so then they disappeared, right? And then within like yeah. about a minute, this lady comes walking over the crest of the hill with her dog, and Biscuit had died, and she oh, had the dog. So it was like this, yeah, this weird thing. And then that afternoon, I went to the neurologist, and he did a test that gave me a diagnosis, that I had nerve damage. So uh-huh. that got me oh, very But then they interested. could figure out what
1: was wrong, so that's good, right?
4: Exactly. I mean, there's not a lot of super great treatments, but I could at least get medicine that made my life a lot better um, for many years. Yeah. So And then I started taking um, medical marijuana, and it really made it <laughs> it's the best thing. Anyway. Yes.
0: Um, Marijuana's that, the
4: best. Uh, exactly. I know. So that got me super interested in the whole idea that you can generate synchronicities um, for a number of reasons and got me interested And um, how they relate to other paranormal experiences, because that's one of the big problems that we have studying something like a UFO abduction or sighting, or uh, you know, ghost things, ghost (laughs) things, like someone seeing a ghost or a haunted house. You can have, you know, you don't know where it's going to pop up or when, um, so it can be very difficult to study. But with synchronicity, it's something that's a lot easier to, to get going, and it tends to be related these type of things, right? I was just generating synchronicities, but I saw like a doppelganger and a ghost dog, right? Yeah. So that got me on that. So my point, yeah, my idea in this presentation is to lay out my method, you know, kind of like an outline in words, but also, um, you know, I've studied with some various, you know, spiritual teachers um, over the years, and there's this whole idea of transmission, or contagion, so if someone has a particular, uh, like they're able to uh, be telepathic, you go and sit with them, they'll tell you all about that, but there's just kind of like this energetic current where you can, it can activate that capacity in you. So I'm going to be trying to work on kind of like two levels. So all right. Mm-hmm. That, that, so hopefully people have a plan, but also kind of get like the energetic configuration <laughs> So, yeah, but cool. actually I think Yeah, so you will be able Because I hate the idea that it's like Well, like you were talking about Disclosure, right? Well, we have to wait For the government. I'm like, no, there's things People can find out for themselves You don't have to like follow some skeezy guru or uh, uh, Okay, you might want to Cut this out a little bit, kiss David Wilcox Butt, right? You can go Find out on your own For yourself, if you're willing to You know, have an open mind and be diligent and try some of these experiments, you can get the experience for yourself, which will give you different you know, different insights into the whole thing. So
1: All right. what's the title what's the what's idea. the full title of your presentation, if you can recall it?
4: Wild talents activate your capacity for synchronicity.
1: There you go. Oh. Activate your capacity <laughs> for synchronicity. That's right. I like that. Adam, what time is uh, Stephanie gonna be on during the weekend? Do you know off the top of your head? I can look on the thing
3: she is gonna she is going to be on on Sunday, I believe yeah. in the middle nice. of the day,
4: I think like right Excellent. after lunch or something, so so everyone could be falling asleep, and this will give me actually better access to your subconscious mind
1: up against the n f l just just where <laughs> stephanie <laughs>
4: yeah <really. laughs>
1: wants to be on Sunday afternoon.
4: I know so stephanie is, is on watch Stephanie is on mm-hmm?
3: at four to, four to five eastern time on Sunday the
1: 27th excellent
4: excellent
1: so Tim um yes
4: so have you ever had any uh, big synchronicities of your own
1: um synchronicities I don't know uh Hmm? no I've had one intriguing paranormal so I guess you would classify it as synchronicity I've told this story on the show before but I'll tell it again since you have um my father, my late father was a very uh he had sort of uh he had, he was a jokester in a sense. He had sort of a he liked uh blue humor. That probably might be the best way to put it. So mm-hmm. he had like a little uh fart machine thing. It was like it's a little mm-hmm. thing that sounds it make it's like remote controlled and you put it somewhere and you make it sound like <laughs> a fart like under someone else's seat, right? <laughs> so he like loved that <laughs> thing and used and messed with it all the time. So when he died, <coughs> we had put it away with the remote, like, right on top of it, just on a on a uh, on a sink cabinet or something, like, just on a, on a shelf, uh, essentially. And no one ever touched it or anything. Then my first birthday after he died, so about six months later, I had gotten some scratch tickets, and I said, uh, all right, Dad, give me some luck here. And then the fart machine went off. So, I as crazy as it, it's it's very banal as it is, that story. Uh, I definitely think that was probably some kind of communication from the other side. It makes it never went off again. Never went off had had never gone off uh, prior to that. So, I think it went off once that for my cool. mom too. So, yeah, yeah. That's so beautiful. That's cause my... the,
4: the thing is, is, is that it really because it's a, it, it's your it's your dad's personality coming through, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah.
4: Well, so that's, that's awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
4: that's really good. Thank it's you. It's kind of like a ghost um, box, but but a special type of a ghost box.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it never like I said, it we still have it somewhere around here and uh but it was just a very brief uh very brief uh time it went off once for me and I think like I said once for my mom. I'll have to ask her about that uh next time I see her, but yeah. Yeah. But like what else I'm sure, like, skeptical people will have all kinds of dumb uh, rationalizations for it, but to me it's like it, – and they'd be like, oh, Occam's razor is that it – it's like, no, dude, I mean, if you just look at the, the – just the circumstances of it all, <laughs> like, to me, it makes – the only thing that makes any sense, unless I did it with my mind somehow inadvertently, would be that, that this was some kind of communication from the other sides. Like, this wasn't going on all the time. This thing wasn't – it happened once, so, so mm-hmm. that to me is like that's pretty cut and dry. I think.
4: No, I, I, no, I agree because, like you say, I mean, Hawkins. I mean, the simplest thing is because, I don't know. You get into this with uh, synchronicities too, or a lot of these kind of meaning-based paranormal events or high strange events. Because, um, I mean, to you, the meaning is super clear, and that's a great story example too, because it really. Everyone knows that you have these kind of family uh, jokes or family themes and how they come through, and, and someone could be really identified with that type of thing. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, people get a little carried away sometimes. I had one, uh, Steve Ray and I did that synchronicity experiment on Radio Mysteriosa for several months in 2015. Yes. And um, every once in a while you have something that um, – you can kind of tell the odds, because one of our uh, target words was honeybee. And during the time that we were um, trying to uh, get across the signal, as it were, of, of bee to the show, I went on my daily walk, and I had to cross the road, and there they have those uh, old tiny uh, things where you push the button to make the walk signal go. And it mm-hmm. says blah, blah, blah to activate signal right above it. And there was a beat right, uh, right next to the button, which is the only time that that happened. And I calculated at one time, like, about how many times I crossed that street. It was over a 1,000 times in the time that I lived there and was walking yeah. every day. So there, that gives you a, a good feeling for the odds. And you've had, you know, I don't know how many, it's been a number of years since your dad has passed and, um, And so you're you're knowing that you've never heard this in this entire time, except for this one time when you specifically asked. I had one time when I asked you, it was kind of where these kind of offhand joking remarks tend to bring synchronicities up too. I um, was working at a sign shop many years ago. It's actually, you know, right across the uh, parking lot from where Pixar originally was founded in Point Richmond. So there's a big parking lot there. I was working for a man and wife, and the wife was talking about uh, her uncle owned a furniture shop, and so he had this kind of magical thing that he would do whenever things were slow, he would um, start planning like a nice cruise trip or something for him and his wife, so acting like they had money, and this would help things turn around in his experience. And so she's like, oh, man, I'd really like to go on a cruise. I'm like, "Uh, eh, I think I'd rather have diamonds. Okay, so about three minutes later, I clock out for lunch, and I'm walking across the parking lot, and I see something shiny on the ground, and it's a diamond ring. Hey. Oh, wow. Which I,
1: That's nice. Yeah, which
4: I still have. Yeah. it was, And it's funny because, you know, I, I I like jewelry. I don't have a ton, but I like it. But, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like you kind of have, it was just like a joking offhand remark, like you said to your dad, but yet then suddenly it's like, hey, the universe is listening, or but your dad. In that
1: case,
4: too. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, will so this be your first?
1: Just, mm-hmm. I know you've appeared on podcasts. Will this be your first, uh, you know, formal presentation, if you will, uh, of this kind of material? I, I, have, I presume uh, yes. maybe first video one too. But with this, with the way the year's been, you may have, just, you know, I, I, I even I got enlisted to, to do a video thing for some, for a very cool paranormal <laughs> group. I don't think, oh, some paranormal group, but no, it was a cool, cool group of folks who were very. <laughs> Nice and invited me to to speak and do my flat earth presentation so but it's like uh normally I would never even uh do something like that, but this year it's people are doing these things, so uh you know this one coming up at the end of September is this the first time you've done it, or is this kind of like you you sort of working in the circuit now trying to get it, get it going
4: <laughs> um, actually, I ended up doing being on part of a panel for uh, anomaly archives. Probably about a I'll month go. ago now. Yeah. Yeah, with, um, yeah uh, Miles put together a panel uh, with uh, me and then uh, Dr. C.S. Matthews, or Wham, she's co-host of the Church and Lucas radio show, and Ben Roiland. And we were all talking about uh, Eugenia Mesa's story, who's like a clairvoyant and experiencer and researcher and artist and playwright in the <laughs> Hudson Valley. Um, so if people are interested, they can go uh, look it up on the anomaly archives website but yeah so that nice. uh that was my one other video presentation formally but i've done some podcasts and stuff and uh when i was in 4-h as a little girl i got to the state fair with some of my presentations so
1: <laughs> back <laughs> in
4: the 1970s <laughs>
1: there you go so yeah all right so, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, you're, so this is more of a comeback then okay
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I did one um, presentation on snakes, and so uh, I had rented this gopher snake from like the uh, nature center library. So I started out very dramatically, holding this like yard-long gopher snake. Saying, would would you know if this is a poisonous snake or not? So see, those
1: were the good old days when were... you could go when you could go and fucking rent a snake. I don't even know if you could do that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's well, cool. It sounds like one of the most uh, interactive uh presentations we're going to have and uh like you said you're going to you're going to transmit uh synchronicity uh synchronicity powers to the audience.
1: There was uh, a guy you know on uh, there was a guy on Coast to Coast uh I was listening to the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh what's his name? Ed? Ed uh, Edwards. Uh where the hell was it? Mm-hmm. Let, me see. let me find this before I – I want to make sure I get this right. But uh, Ed Edwards was the was the guest, and he was with the guy who runs the Rhine Lab. Um, let me see here. Where the fuck – there it is. There it is. Sorry, folks. I want to look this. Up. I want to make sure I got the information right. He was there with – he was on the show with John Kruth, who uh, is the executive director mm-hmm. of the Rhine Research Center. This guy, Ed Edwards, uh, he sounds fascinating, and he has this ability that he uh, – They've been studying for like 10 years at the Ryan Institute where he can put – where he can manipulate energy. That's probably like the best way to put it. But he did this thing, um, and I don't know. I need to like ask someone who knows more about like uh, the physical body I guess. But like he did this thing where he like shot out energy through the radio, and Mm -hmm. he was – I don't – he was like talking it out and – you can actually – you like, you had to, like, stand up and put your feet together. That's the part where I was like, all right, wait, maybe this is the trick, that you have your feet together. But, like, as he was talking, he's like, I'm going to push you back. I'm going to pull you forward. And your body really reacts that way. And he's like, uh, now you're going to feel, like, like, tingling in your fingers. And, like, it really happened. I'm like, holy Moses, this is wild. This is really – this is really crazy. So, yeah, I'd like to – Find out more about that guy, but so yeah, I don't know if you'll be doing anything <laughs> that elaborate uh, during the Strange Realities conference, but you've got another month to pick, it, pick up the poss- the possibility.
4: <laughs> this is fun. Well, the thing is, is that um, I was actually very happy. I was um, a couple months ago, I think maybe um, Rogan on um, Project Archivist and I were talking to David Metcalf, another speaker at the at Strange Realities conference, about synchronicities, yes. and. That was my goal on that show was to try, and that's actually a lot of my goal on goal writing uh, on a lot of my blog too, is to try and um, create that potential where where it kind of gives a charge to people if they want to try and experience these uh, phenomena for themselves or try and generate yeah. their own synchronicities or, or these type of things. Um, and so I was very happy because as it turns out, I've already had uh, one one was just today um, a couple of instances where people had nice synchronicity uh, after listening or while listening to that show. And um, Good. then, yeah, and also kind of around the whole show we had it, because the whole moss thing ended up being kind of a weird uh, synchronicity cluster on the show. So that gave me hope, and if people are listening, that should give them a little hope too if they're interested in. Uh, Participating in this and, and giving it a whirl because it's it's so it's fun to I mean I always love to share a weird story that's why I try and tell some of my own because <laughs> I listen to so many people you know weird stories and interesting theories and stuff and so it's nice to get back a little bit but um, you know there's something about experiencing it for yourself because um, like you said these things revolve around meaning and when. Suddenly, something very important to you like shows up big time in these uh, strange ways. It really changes the way you view the world. So, and I really just Absolutely. want to say thank you to Adam and Surfield for giving me the opportunity to try my hand. So. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing it.
3: Right. Th- yes, thank you for doing it. Thank you for being a part of it, Stephanie. We're looking forward to to uh, to seeing this presentation. We're really excited about it.
4: Yeah, well, i sounds like it's, it's going to so be awesome. Amazing yeah. people. Well, well, we'll find out.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, concerns, the boys are about to. Let to... we're, we're coming up cool. on the end of the show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you to Stephanie, and uh, um, you know I'll wrap it up here with the gang. Uh, big thanks for calling in. Let the record show. Oh, I invited yeah. everybody else, but I was also really drunk last night <laughs> when I did that. So There's, uh, <laughs> they probably were like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But all I don't know. I've already got plans for tomorrow night at nine. I. Can't. I can't just I can't just call into your fucking show. So uh but Stephanie did and I appreciate that. So and I'm sure and I know I know that Adam and Serfiel do too. Uh 'cause it's uh yeah. you know yes, we I do. We do. When you're a part of these, these things it's um you know, you you gotta you got I feel I guess as to like you gotta really you got to promote the fucking event. You got to do. <laughs> you got to do your part. You want. Yeah. You want to. I personally, you know, you want to talk to as many people as possible. You want people to see your see your work. So, um, you know, kudos to Stephanie for calling in. I really appreciate it, and good luck with your presentation at the Strange Realities Conference.
4: Oh, well, thank you guys. It's really nice talking to you, and I just really thank you for telling that story about your dad. Cause I just really enjoyed it so much because that sounds like something that would happen with my dad, frankly. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Well I'm happy to tell it. Like I said, the folks listening had heard it before, but I uh, I know that you had it. So All right, well good night and enjoy the rest of the show. Bye
3: Stephanie. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Bye. There you go. That was nice. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was so, very nice, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. That's an interesting presentation. Uh I haven't given much thought about synchronicities really until I g I don't know if what happened with me would be qual I guess that would qualify, but I don't know. You know. I always thought of it as a paranormal experience, but maybe it could be both. Who knows? Um so back to the question at hand that I asked you before we brought Stephanie on. Um is there something you haven't explored on Conspiranormal that you you know, you'd like to get to eventually? Um, and we'll start with Adam. We'll start with Adam because you, you've been mm-hmm. you've been running the show long uh, since the beginning. So you've uh, you've I think all you know yeah, all the episodes so, are under your belt. So what's what's uh, yeah. is there anything you haven't explored?
3: It's a really it's a really good question. And so like we're about to put out episode three three thirty, right? And um, yeah. so there's very little at this point that we really haven't explored within the purview of like any of this kind of stuff like paranormal or conspiracy or true crime or any of it. Now, one thing that I'd like to explore more, and we have done, you know, it's been here and there. It's been sporadic. I'd like to talk a little bit more about historical mysteries and stuff like that. I think that that would be great. And I guess that that's something that we, we kind of touch on when we're talking about stuff like the contact tees and stuff, but maybe something that's like a wider, um thing I did a show a while back now back like three years ago about this guy that had like i'd love to get more like history podcasters on just because I think that it would be great to explore some of the themes and in history that might uh you know reflect on what 's going on today. But also, yeah. man, like more, like the only person that I've ever really had on as far as to talk like some really true crime stuff would be like Ginny Ashford. Really haven't had a lot of people that, that I've had on to talk about that. Um, and I'd love to, you know, maybe dig into like, you know, cults a little bit more, that kind of stuff. You know, it's that would be something that those would probably be some things that I think feel like we've kind of not covered as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're real heavy on we're real heavy on conspiracy stuff. We're real heavy on the paranormal. We're really heavy on the occult and that and that type and those those subjects. UFOs, we've been really really heavy on. But like, you know, the other things I just talked about, I'd love to cover a lot more.
1: Yeah. All right. What about you uh what about you, Surfeel?
2: Um Well, I think um, there's just some a little bit higher profile um, academics um, that do research on a lot of like 19th century occult stuff I'd like to get on Mm -hmm. um, from things I've been getting into recently. So, some of them, and uh, of course, you know, when we're kind of in this, uh, you know, subculture that kind of gets marginalized sometimes. So, it's uh, kind of difficult to uh, approach some people about it when they hear the name and stuff like that but um that's what I'm interested in a few a few more higher profile academics authors who aren't really don't even have a lot of uh, like YouTube videos or lectures or much less podcasts or or anything, you know, so uh, yeah. I'm going to be making some efforts to reach out to some of them, and I want to get some of them on the show. But a lot of folks who haven't really been on a lot of podcasts, uh, just more, you know, they're just more in academia.
1: Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's that's part of the fun, I think. For me, that's really – I've always found the two things I like the most about doing the podcast are sort of like the – The thrill of the chase of getting the guest, yeah, Um, especially if it's someone who's hard to get, um, who hasn't done any shows, or just even hard to contact, you know. Uh, It was different back in the day when I started. It was like not as many people were on social media, so you had to kind of luck into finding out how to get in touch with them, or sometimes they you know you had to go through like their official website and god only knows how many emails they get and that kind of thing so it was a whole different world back then now it's a little easier to find people um but yeah that and the interviewing part are the my two favorite parts of uh doing the shows so yeah thought about the, the question and i can tell you there was a show i had planned to do i didn't do and i would like to do <laughs> it's completely off the wall but like it's uh it's very been all of America, but we I got a book, like a true crime book. Um, I did a show with a guest. It was one of my favorite shows about people who keep people captive because for some reason that like fascinates oh. me, that, that whole phenomenon.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and it was like one of my favorite shows. Um, and around the time that happened, I was also thinking of doing a show on cannibals cases of, you know, incidents of cannibalism, um, and I have a book in my library here about, that was the, you know was going to be the basis for the book, for the interview, because um, I always had a policy yeah. like, i got to read the book first and contact, actually, actually it was the other way around, it was because uh, I had made that mistake a few times, I would read the book and then contact the guests, and I couldn't get a hold of them, or they wouldn't do the show, and it was like, well, why the fuck I just read the whole book? So, so right. Eventually, it was like, "Well, let's get the guest, and then we'll read the book." Uh, if that's what the pers- direction I want to go down, but but I never ended up even. Uh, I, I got the book while I was on vacation, and it's kind of one of those things. You know, you get back, and it just kind of fell between the cracks. So maybe uh, later on, when we, we do more shows down the line, I'll, I'll eventually get around to that cannibalism episode. But yeah, hey. yeah people who keep that sounds pretty cool. People have to, Yeah, yeah. Check out that well, me and adam have been talking a little episode. bit recently
2: awesome me and adam have been talking <laughs> about uh getting some uh honestly we're interested in like some more um like artists or musicians or actors and some more high profile yeah. people like that who uh might have some weird stories or be into this stuff and and would Celebrities, uh huh? you know help us yeah help help introduce us to a, a whole new crowd uh, but I think a lot of people are really interested in these people and uh, in, in paranormal experiences or things they might be interested in.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how you go about getting – I don't think uh, – I'm trying to think who the most, like, most famous person I've had on the show is. Right. I don't Celebrity-wise, I don't think I've ever had anyone – I'm probably, like, insulting, like, Kurt Russell or something, who's not been on the show. But I, somebody, I don't <laughs> think – I can't think of anyone <laughs> like – yeah. You know who I would love to interview? Uh, this is another—we're uh, sort of talking about Dream Guests in, in a sense. Um,
0: yeah. uh
1: But someone who I had—I—I I think I might have tracked down his contact information, but I wasn't doing shows at the time, so it was kind of like, well. Uh, and I probably shouldn't even say this because some other enterprising podcast will fucking go out and get this guy. But I'm a—I'm a generous man, so I will—I <laughs> will reveal. Um, that I was really wanting to get Yafet Koto on the show. Uh for folks who don't know, okay. Yafet Koto is the African American guy and alien. And he was the chief of police yeah. on one yeah. of my favorite shows, Homicide. I really only know him from that. I've never seen Alien, so uh, so yeah, and he has like some amazing UFO and aliens experience stories. And he like just revealed That's them real, a few years really? ago. Yeah, and only talked oh. about it, like, in a couple of interviews. It sounded like he really wanted to talk about it, so I'm like, well, how do I, you know, it's he's hard to track down. He's not on social media or anything, so uh, I think he, I don't even know if he does much acting anymore, so I don't really know what the deal is. But, yeah, that's someone who I was like, uh, and I should take out that contact info and see if I can get a hold of Yafit Koto, but, uh, yeah, that's somebody who I really wanted to get on the show. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, we're heading toward the end now. Strange Realities Conference is the website. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Let me take you through it, folks. So I'm on the website. I clicked on the tickets. It's 20 bucks. That's wicked cheap. Um, you know, I think – I don't know. I haven't looked recently. I'm going to look for the new Bill & Ted movie because I'm a clown, which I heard actually is really good. But – um I I can't be sure of this, but I maybe you guys would know. If if you try to buy one of these new movies, they're not cheap. They're like 50 bucks or something, right? I think they they got to be more than
3: $20. I think the Mulan movie is going for like 30 bucks, like oh, wow. yeah, exactly. for like on demand rental. Yeah.
1: Right, right. So the it, what I'm trying to say is the Strange Realities conference is a bargain. You're getting 3 days worth of uh, entertainment presentations, fascinating topics. I've seen the, uh, you know, I, I, I knew what Stephanie was talking about. I've seen her title. We were sharing the titles in the in the group chat. So um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm trying to think, Josh Cutchen's going to be talking about Bigfoot or something. Um, yes. So yeah. You know.
0: Um I got yeah, par- par-
1: my message on on Facebook distract me in the middle of the show I'm doing with him so so, <laughs> so par- paranormal
3: paranormal paranormal bigfoot is what he's going to talk be talking about paranormal aspects of bigfoot
1: yeah paranormal what, a- yeah there's a funny about. name he has a, he has a funny topic for it i forget what it was but uh he has a funny title for it i laughed when i saw it it was like I don't know I don't remember what it was but it, he has a funny title for it. Um, but anyway, so the website is strange realities conference dot com and as I said it's it's twenty bucks folks that's like I couldn't even well what there's going to be twenty that's that's like less than a that's less than a buck a presenter yes essentially
3: yes yes less than a dollar a speaker yes sir yep twenty one speakers and you get it for twenty dollars so come on and, people.
1: And essentially, and essentially, the um, the uh, what the hell, man? Oh, essentially, you're getting because each presentation is an hour long, so you're getting 21 hours of content. Um, what I was wondering, like, is if someone, how is this? Let's say I okay, let's say like I go, I get the ticket, and I want to watch the thing, but then I gotta take my take my stupid kid to soccer practice like on Saturday afternoon. Is there a way for people to uh like will these sort of be be cataloged afterwards and stuff like that for people who have bought tickets?
3: Yeah. So so as I mentioned before, we're doing it over a private Facebook group, okay? And that's that's key. Uh let me say let me say this real quick about that though. That's key when you sign up you're gonna get a link to get invited into the into the private facebook group so right. don't um don't send don't send me a, don't send me something unless you've paid for the conference. <laughs> I've already had that happen a couple of times but so we know people don't have Facebook, so join Facebook, make yourself an account and get in and get into that once you pay and get into that private facebook account now all that is to say. That you are going that when we stream this stuff, it is going to remain on that Facebook account for quite a while. So yes, people can go back and they can watch the presentations.
1: Uh, Awesome! Someone's contacted me now claiming they know Yafet Koto. So who knows? We may be we may be back on the Yafet Koto train again. We'll uh, we'll see. we're back on the hunt for Yafet Koto. Maybe it'll happen. Um,
3: the, hunt for so, yeah. Yafet, the hunt for Yafet Koto.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Sorry about that, Adam. See, the, the, the uh, we, we sparked the whole thing here with the with that revelation. So, <laughs> so uh, things got a little haywire. Okay. So people, could yes, people will, will be able to see yeah, this absolutely. stuff. Yes. People will be able to see the stuff on the page. Okay. Yeah. That was what. Yeah, that I've never also, dawned on yeah. me. Yeah, and I was worried about asking because it like never dawned on me. So I'm like, oh shit, what if this hasn't dawned on the guys yet? That that people that people may not be able to watch all the way through all the time. So, but it sounds yeah, like you guys I've also, already I've also it had
3: out. that. I've also had that same question from uh, for people with extreme time zone difference, like Australia. So I've right, had a right, couple of people what one you know and that a couple of people have already asked me that. So sort of like can we watch it later? And my answer is yes, you can watch it later. It will be there. Excellent. Excellent. And we are going to record we are going to record these as well. So eventually uh they'll be available in some in some form. And also let me say too, you can go and watch last year's conference in its entirety right now. On our Facebook page, Conspiranormal, and also on YouTube page, Conspiranormal Podcast. So you guys can go check that out if you want to see. If you want to get caught up on what Tim Badal talked about, is going to talk about this year. Get caught up with part one for last year. So that's all there, free to watch right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm trying not to like the... My ten, I'll say it on here, and I won't say it uh, uh, during the presentation. Uh, and You guys know, like the lady will say we're over, and um, then we can talk for a little bit. We're going to keep recording, um, but I'll get you guys... <coughs> I'll free you from the obligation of the show very shortly after that. Don't worry. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I, I don't want to start my presentation at Strange Realities, too, saying that people need to see the first one, but... Um, if they, I would recommend to the All of America listeners uh, who are going to be checking out Strange Realities too, to check out the first one I gave. That will give you all the background on the history of the Flat Earth Theory. Um, this new one is going to be among the people of Flat Earth, where I'm going to talk about what it was like uh, attending the International Flat Earth Conference and sort of like a who are the Flat Earthers. Uh, the first presentation was kind of more like who were the flat earthers. Now it's like who are these modern flat earthers. So check out the first one, And then you can see the sequel. But you really don't like a, like it's a it's good. It's not like a it's not like those movies where you need to see the first one to understand anything in the second one. You it won't be like that. So
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah, right,
1: right. right. I just I just love the flat earth theory so much. I want everyone to <laughs> everyone yeah. to come along on yeah. this journey with me um
3: yeah i w- i want people i want people to take advantage to to watch that as well from last year and so that if they're on the fence about getting that tw- spending that twenty dollars to see twenty one speakers they can go see what uh what we did last year as well
1: yeah yeah well, twenty bucks is like nothing, so it shouldn't really be that difficult for people to part with uh I mean I know some folks it is it is a lot of money for some folks, so I, I do feel bad for those folks. Um but you know, at the end of the day shit costs so much money now now, you know, that's like two packs of cigarettes here in Massachusetts, so it's not really um you're not breaking the bank. And since you don't have to travel anywhere, that's the only cost. That's the only cost, you know, and snacks. If you if you want to have snacks during the uh during the weekend, that's on you. Um But otherwise, you don't have to pay for a hotel or a flight or anything like that. You just uh, pay your 20 bucks and plop down on the couch and absorb the paranormal uh, insights from the 21 speakers. All right. Well, normally it's like a what's next for you guys, but that is what's next. That's the Strange Realities Conference. Uh, That's the website also, folks, strangerealitiesconference.com. That will take you through the whole uh, process to buy the tickets and everything and for some reason it's there it should be filling in on my thing. strange realities conference 3 days of high strangeness now online September 25th, 26th and 27th the last weekend in September um yeah is there anything else we forgot to mention
2: No I uh, just encourage everyone to go to the website and check out all the speakers and um you can listen to, um, I think all of them have been on Normal. so if you want to know the kind of other stuff they're into, uh, it's going to be a real cool experience. A lot of cool, weird information and a lot of uh, their exclusive stuff that hasn't been out yet in books and and other uh, you know other media. So it gives kind of a sneak preview of, of some material
3: they're working on as well. Yeah, Excellent. And Excellent. check out our podcast, guys. You can go to com. You can find us there. We're everywhere. Or podcasts usually are so check us out too
1: yeah all right i think we got it i think we're good so i hope folks check it out Excellent. uh you know there won't be any Ben all of america that week so they should go and check out uh i'll be doing it right when i would be doing the show so i should be right in my wheelhouse of uh of time uh that won't be an awesome unfamiliar period which is great so thank you adam for hooking me up with that um yeah I guess that's it. So I hope folks check it out. I really do. I think it it's going to be a lot of fun and for people who love the paranormal, this is uh this is a hell of an opportunity. This is tons of stuff. So tons of uh material, tons of interesting topics all across the spectrum. That's what I really like about what you guys are presenting. It's like not it's not one specific genre. It's it's there's UFOs, there's uh Bigfoot, uh, there's synchronicities, there's true crime, uh, there's flat earth, there's all kinds of uh, stuff that's going to be presented uh, over the course of the weekend, which is really, really cool, because I like to have a, a varied offering uh, when I invest my time in one of these events. So I think it'll be a lot of fun yeah. for, uh, for for all of us who are participating, and uh, it should be a lot of fun for the folks watching at home. So with that, I hope... Uh, I hope it's a great success. I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys before uh, the big weekend. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on Banal of America to uh, talk. We, see, I think we I think we did a good job. We didn't over sell this. We didn't turn. We didn't go like through every speaker over the <laughs> over the course of the weekend and be he like, let's talk for signal. ten minutes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. So I hope folks check it out. Um, you know, it's got the Banal seal of approval. And uh yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see you all at the end of September at the Strange Realities Conference. And uh I'll I guess uh say goodnight to you guys.
3: Absolutely, night, man. Thank Thanks you so much, us. Tim.
1: Alright, gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Have a great holiday weekend. You
3: too you as well. Bye.
1: I'll do my best. Alright. There you go. That was uh the conspira Normal guys. Uh you know, you don't need me to hard sell it anymore. Strangerealitiesconference.com is the uh, website. I'll be talking about my trip down to uh, Texas for the International Flat Earth Conference. It'll be a lot of fun. i got to sit down and really start putting that together in the next week or two. But uh, I have a lot of insights that I want to share with people, and it'll be uh, pretty interesting. Now, uh, I teased at the beginning that I wasn't sure what the hell we were doing here um, to wrap up the Summer of Strangeness because of course today is uh, the start of Labor Day weekend traditionally the end of summer so uh, really the decision's being made for me in a sense that this has to come to an end soon so while I don't have a guest booked for next week um, in the middle of tonight's show this is not the Yafet Kodo thing, so I don't want people to think that. But in the middle of tonight's show, sort of a light bulb went off on how, on a cool way to end the summer of strangeness. So I got to get, get to doing what I love to do there, track down guests, and it's not Yafet Kodo, but I came up with someone who I want to talk to um, to wrap this up. And I think the all American listeners will really enjoy it. Uh, so that's it. So I, I, then, I get, then I kind of came up with like two other. <laughs> two other ideas. So these ideas kind of started flowing in my head um, as we were doing the show tonight. So I have a pretty, pretty, I'm pretty confident. Let's say that maybe there'll be maybe one more or two more episodes here in the summer of strangeness, um, and that's where that's when we'll wrap it up. So, yeah, and then we'll have a whole bunch of other stuff coming at you later on this year for the Ben-Holiday season uh fans of the good parade we happy to know uh Jeremy Vane and I will be back doing live coverage of the big election on on November 3rd and uh yeah so that'll be it and now Adam Saints calling me on my phone <laughs> Jesus Christ None of these people know that you're not supposed to harass the get, the host while he's in the middle of the show. Anyway, so so yeah, 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 yeah. So we're we're going to have a live election night coverage. We're also going to have um uh rocks kidding and uh some some different holiday type shows over the holidays. And uh yeah, we'll see what 2021 brings. I have some ideas um similar to the Summer of Strangeness and uh you know, I may announce that in a couple of weeks. Um but, yeah, so I would say I'm more confident now than I was literally two hours ago when we started the show as to how this is all going to wrap up. Uh, and, so, and with all that said, um, you'll ought to be hearing from me next week. I presume you'll be hearing from me next week. Check out Banal America on uh, Facebook. Uh, and uh, check out my Twitter account, uh, Banal, on Twitter. I should have news at some point. Um you know, if I don't have a guest by Thursday, I'll be like, oh, forget it. But uh, I know who I want to get on here for these uh, last couple episodes. So, yeah, that's about it. So you ought to be hearing from me next week. And so with all that said, i got nothing else to say. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Sasquara for joining us in the chat room for the first half of the show. Uh, I probably shouldn't, but I'll thank Richard Schniffer. For uh, popping into the chat room To talk about his superglue mishap And uh, big thanks to Stephanie Quayle For calling into the show And telling us about Her presentation at Strange Realities Conference And of course Big thanks to Adam Sane And Serfiel Stevenson For appearing on the show tonight This evening giving us a couple hours of their time One last time Strangerealitiesconference.com is the website And if you want more from me You know where to find it banalofamerica.com thank you everybody for listening I hope you all have a fantastic and safe holiday weekend until next time this is Tim Benal. thanking you once again for listening and signing off